Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Healthcare futurists Jeff Goldsmith and Ian Morrison say it's time to reconsider hospital systems' social impact. Because during the pandemic, large systems were able to rapidly adapt. Jeff and Ian join me on today's episode of Just Healthcare Daily. It's Monday, April 5th, and I'm Alex Olgan with Just Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines and health business and policy news in under 10 minutes. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review. It helps other listeners find the show. A growing body of research is showing that hospital consolidation leads to increased prices. And that metric has long been how regulators have evaluated mergers. But during the depths of the pandemic, those same giant hospital systems took on vital roles, expanding ICU capacity, securing personal protective gear, and rapidly standing up telemedicine. Healthcare futurists Ian Morrison and Jeff Goldsmith, who have had opposing views of consolidation, wrote a joint editorial in Health Affairs that COVID-19 showed them just how essential scale was. First, here's Ian. He's based in California and writes and lectures about healthcare and is the former president of the Institute for the Future. Absent, you know, these larger health systems response, you, you kind of say, well, who else would be there? Who's, a, who's the adult supervision uh, mm-hmm. with regard to the pandemic? And, you know, I think each of us, given our network of, of colleagues and friends and systems were observing, you know, this kind of quite impressive and rapid response that health systems were making, not only in terms of looking after patients who had the disease, but in terms of, you know, sort of public health leadership, uh, given the the depletion of our public health infrastructure over the last 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever number of years you want to pick. Um, so they they became uh, you know ever more important and surprised us I think I think we were both kind of favorably impressed by you know the sort of alacrity and responsiveness uh, uh, you know to very very challenging circumstances. Turning to Jeff Goldsmith, president of Health Futures Inc. based in Virginia. So Jeff, what was it about large hospital systems COVID response that made you think scale was so essential? I moved towards Ian. Here, our society is confronted in COVID uh, a once in a century healthcare emergency. And I I watched closely friends and colleagues who ran these systems moved so aggressively to a war footing. Uh, they were inundated in, in patients and in and in demands for services that that frankly, you know, no one expected. And they moved with such alacrity and thoughtfulness and clarity of purpose. I was just like, you know, these are really valuable places. 
and we've we've really lost sight in all of the you know policy controversy about scale and about you know leverage and all the rest of this we we really needed these places because it was one of the only parts of our social infrastructure that really responded effectively to this pandemic Jeff, you said that you've moved closer to Ian's viewpoint on why healthcare integration can be beneficial. Can you tell me why you had been skeptical of mergers in the past as a strategy consultant? A lot of my work in the 80s and 90s, a lot of it out West, was about how to create health systems to compete with Kaiser. Um, and as so I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, genetically, I'm an advocate of systems but as you got into the 90s, you saw more and more deals that just made just no sense at all. Stanford merging with UCSF, um, Allegheny Health invading Philadelphia. Um, and, and it seemed like um, more and more, a lot of the consolidation was about ego and positioning and money uh, and less and less about patients. Well, I, I mean, I, I think uh, we have a fragmented and disjointed healthcare delivery system. And I was always a in favor of uh, better integration and coordination, particularly at the local level. Um, and, you know, the, my sort of advice to people was be big where you are, you know, rather than be big all over the country. Um, and, you know, that had an added benefit perhaps in terms of leverage, because, you know, if your market share is significant, you are become essential. Ian says that was never more evident than during the winter surge in Los Angeles, when small hospitals were just overwhelmed and relied on some of the bigger systems. I'm on the board of the Martin Luther King Hospital in L.A., which is you know, a safety net hospital that came back from the dead. And they were heroic in their response, but completely overwhelmed at Christmas time and in the first part of the year, uh, you know, where, uh, you know, Cedars still had capacity. I mean, we literally were out of options and mercifully made it through with the help of, of uh, the governor and the, and, and uh, the national guard through the, the worst of it. But, but despite brilliant leadership and responsiveness, you know, the, just the capacity just wasn't there in some of these smaller facilities. The other point is the, the shout out to, to some of the large academic medical centers who, you know, mm -hmm. whose leadership and, and, uh, kind of uh, not only in terms of the research infrastructure, but the kind of public health uh, constancy and science through the Trump administration, you know, I think played a very, very important role. They worked rapidly and effortlessly with their crosstown rivals, with people that they'd been competing against, in some cases bitterly, for 20 years. All that was put aside and, and they pushed back hard against state governments that really weren't responding effectively to get the PPE they needed to get their testing uh, apparatus uh, up and running. Um, they really were very aggressive uh, in uh, not only in collaborating, but in in really leading a public response to this crisis. And we saw it. We saw it in Florida. We saw it in in Texas. We saw it in um, Detroit. We saw it in in uh, metropolitan New York. I mean, over and over again, you saw this same pattern. Many experts expect that with some hospitals bruised by 2020, there will be more consolidation this year and in the following years. Ian and Jeff, you wrote in Health Affairs that you think it's time that regulators reconsider the role of health systems. So how should they do that? What should the government be evaluating as it decides whether or not to let these deals move forward? I know enough economics to know that there, there's sort of an obsession with price as the only metric that matters. 
Um, and it's the sort of drunk in the lamppost problem. They do that because that's, you know, what they were trained to do. And I think there's a sort of failure to develop an adequate dashboard of performance indicators. And I think that's one of the things Jeff and I are sort of trying to think through offline, maybe as a follow-on, is what, what would be those criteria beyond just the economics of price? Because that, you know, to, to stand up a Cedars or a UCSF is a completely different gig than, a, you know, a small community hospital or an ambulatory surgery center. And saying, now I, I understand, you know, we've, we've both written things critical of what we call a game, you know, of, of sort of commercial pricing propping up underpayment by Medicare and Medicaid. But we, we all understand that game goes on. Um, but, but I do think we need a metrics beyond price to evaluate the contribution of these systems. And I think we were alluding in the piece to many of the public health uh, benefits that came, as Jeff said, from, from these larger systems. So I think you do need, um, you do need sensible, thoughtful antitrust enforcement, but the idea that scale is inherently bad, I think flies in the face of what we have witnessed firsthand in the last six to nine months. If that scale hadn't been there, uh, we would have seen tens of thousands more casualties from this uh, horrible uh, pandemic. The idea that you, um, that you use your market power to prevent insurers from developing tiered networks, uh, steering patients to less expensive uh, or more efficient facilities, um, all or none pricing. I mean, I know a lot of situations where a hospital has joined a system and its rates magically triple overnight. Stuff like that, uh, I think... Um, I think the antitrust authorities really need to come down on those types of things like a ton of bricks. If we're to keep, if we're to keep the actors involved honest. Next week, Ian and Jeff talk more about the future, how health systems with their millions of patient records should be the foundation for rebuilding the country's public health infrastructure and how healthcare will change as the next generation of leaders take the reins. Thanks for listening to GIST Healthcare Daily. I'm Alex Olkin. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news on GISTHealthcare.com. GIST Healthcare Daily is an independent production of GIST Healthcare. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.